tell you something. This hasn't stopped the rest of the group from doing their own thing. My main man, Dead Mike, solo tip in his most personal recording yet. I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all. Welcome to the latest Nickel City soundtrack podcast. In this episode, we brought on some friends to talk about their experiences of finding and being black in the hardcore scene. We brought on Kari Waits of the band Pin. We brought on Keith Freeman of the band Restraining Order. And we brought on Balaram Shakti Das of the band Out of Body and of Stage Dive Yoga and Mosh Reacts on YouTube fame. After we talked about our varied hardcore experiences, the four of us and co-hosts Chris and Larry of the Bleachmouth Postcard Podcast had a little draft for our favorite black-involved bands. So it was a great conversation, and I hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed recording it. We will see you on the next one. And I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm blickety black, blacker than black, black, I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black, and I'm black, yo, I'm black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blickety black, 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 Welcome to the latest episode of the Nickel City Soundtrack Podcast. Um, this is a special episode. This is the blackest episode of Nickel City Soundtrack ever. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what we're doing here. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've got uh, we've got um, a bunch of special guests. Me and Chris are here. I'm Alex and Derek are not. Um, it's special guests. Um, Everybody introduce yourself, starting with Larry. Uh, I'm Larry. You're Larry from, where are you from? A member of the podcast. Uh, Akron, Ohio. I do a podcast, Bleachmouth Postscript. I was in Splinter, Don Austin, Unholy 3, Persistent Aggressor, a bunch of stuff. All right. Uh, just local village idiot, you know, love okay. hardcore and punk. So All right. here I am. All right. The rest of you guys, let's introduce ourselves. My name, my name is Keith. I'm from uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, and I play bass in some bands. Like six, like right now, six bands. Six freaking bands. Let's have them. Let's have them. Yeah. Uh, Restraining Order, Maniac, Ammunition, uh, a new band called All Due Respect, another new band called Intimidation, and another new band called Near Dark. So intimidation is not that new. Like I think your demo dropped like two years ago. Yeah, it's a pandemic. It's a pandemic band. Yeah, I guess it's two years ago now. All right, Kari. Uh, I'm Kari. Uh, born raised Buffalo, New York. Uh, I've played in a couple different bands over the years. Uh, played a couple different instruments over the years, and. Uh, I'm not doing the rock and roll, making coffee, and resetting passwords. Yeah. <laughs> and that rock and roll was in currently the band Pins. Yeah. Um. Well, oh, so, no. oh, so in, you, in addition, you guys are the, in the dudes who bummed me out last night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our singer, our singer blew. She blew a tire on her car and couldn't drive up from Long Island. So, such is life. Uh, but aside from Pinned, um. I have a secondary project in the works. Uh, I'll be 
releasing that music at some point. And then I have a third project in the works uh, where I'm like playing bass. So it's like a title fight worship band, basically. So nice. we'll see how nice. that goes. All right. And our last guest. <laughs> Yo, what up? I'm the stage dive yogi. I'm Balaram Shakti from Austin, Texas. Uh, I'm a fucking mosher and I'm a stage diver and that's what the fuck I do. Um, I did a band before called Out of Body, then kind of did some pandemic hiatus or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, since then, I've just been a yoga teacher. I'm also, I've also was an educator, a school educator for about 15 years and um, still working within those frameworks now, but um, in a different level, but yeah. Uh, be like, what do you do? Be like, I'm Mosh, bro. You do? <laughs> All over <laughs> the internet. That's what, I, that's what I do. I do. Oh, okay. So I also have like this, uh, this like video series I do called Mosh React, where like people send me stuff to listen to for the first time and I've never hear, you know, heard it or whatever. And then I see if it makes me want to Mosh. Like, is it good or is it fucking whack? So that's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Has there ever been a whack one? I haven't seen one. Yeah, so, all right, so, out of respect, <laughs> out of respect for people, sometimes I'm like, you know, there's been some things that, that that haven't been so hot, but then, you know, like, I don't want to kill the shine, but there are some stinkers that are coming. <laughs> they're in the works. I have, they're, they're in the works, but, I, but it's more so about being respectful and um, being being encouraging of people's art because you know I don't want to tear people down but then at the same time the whole idea is like I'm just one guy right mm -hmm. like if I don't like something that doesn't mean that like everybody doesn't like it mm -hmm. it's just me like 15 people might be like oh no this shit slaps bro what the fuck are you talking about and I'm like okay well okay cool <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah there's some stuff coming but yeah that's what I do I I love hardcore and I guess I'm a lifer we Anyone all are, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. like a lifer, like a lifer. I'm still buying shirts. I'm still buying records. I'm still going to shows when I used to be like the young buck and shit on the scene. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm on some fucking uncle status and shit. Now, <laughs> I'm on like some, I'm on like that, like, oh, I've seen that before. I'm like, oh, how many times you seen that band? I'm like, bitch, I didn't seen these motherfuckers 20 something times. I'm like, Holy shit. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what grade level did you teach? Uh, I was doing, uh, I did middle school and high school English language arts. I teach special ed. So, okay. Yeah. At the, at the elementary level, I've been doing it for a while now. So, yeah. I'm yeah. always, I'm always excited to see other teachers, you know. Yeah, that that I, are into into well, it. this this thing into that, hardcore this thing yeah. of ours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I did that, and now I'm doing things with social emotional learning. So I get to use a lot of my yoga and my mindfulness training and trauma informed training, and use it to help the youth be able to center themselves and be grounded, so they can manage their emotions and really. Uh, it's like a revolutionary way of approaching education um, that they can pretty much rule the freaking world honestly and like not be so test driven and all that stuff it's like yo kid who do you really want to be I'm gonna help you discover your true self like what hardcore gave to me 
I want to give to all these kids so that they can be the best that they can be and no one can fucking tell them otherwise. <laughs> nice. Cool. So the the object of this show is uh, I brought these guys on because, you know, I mean, it ain't called Black History Month. It's because I wanted to have an episode like this where, you know, we talk about how we kind of found hardcore because, you know, we, I mean, we were kind of like... Um, not common in hardcore, I guess, when I got in or when you guys, I don't know when you guys got in, but it's a lot more common now to have us in hardcore, which I'm excited about. I, I'm really excited about, even though I'm aging out of hardcore a bit, even though I'm a lifer. <laughs> but I uh, I, I want to talk to man. <laughs> what was that? I don't want to hear it. You still smell like Pampers and Similac to me. <laughs> I'm just saying. Not the Similac. <laughs> so I want, I want us all to talk about um, well, not not the white guys, but I want us no, all to talk about not those crackers. That's okay. <laughs> I want us all to kind of talk about how we kind of found hardcore and how we got into it, and then after that, I want to get into I want to put some shine on some black hardcore bands, not necessarily like all black or anything like that, just you know hardcore bands that contain black members, stuff like that, stuff that we can talk about and you know kind of shine a light on that stuff, old new all that stuff, but not the bad brains because they don't count in this because everyone knows the bad brains and they're universally, they're universal. Not, not that they, do, ne- not that they never don't heard of count, them. but if they're not on your list, you really need to like reevaluate what you're doing here. Right. Yeah. Not saying you guys, I'm saying in general. That being said, I, I like, I was never a huge bad brains fan until like the last five years, really. Like oh, I just, yeah. I just didn't have time oh, for the bad shit. brains. Woo! Like last I, five I, years. I gotta yeah. go. I gotta go. Wow. <laughs> okay. no, you know what? You know what? You, talk about, I, I want you to elaborate on that, brother. Talk to us about it. I just That's never, a, I just never, it wasn't, it wasn't my thing. Like it was, I don't know. I just never sat down and listened to them. There's a lot, there's a lot of classic bands that I don't listen to. So I'm I'm a special case, I guess. I got I'm just not the classic band guy. I've never have been. I've always just liked what I like, I guess. But know? did you see them? Did you see them on that leeway tour? No, I was, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that far back. Okay, because everybody, <laughs> everybody I know that saw Bad Brains on that Quickness leeway tour. I'm guessing that's what '89. Everyone yep. said that shit was fucking unstoppable. Yeah, fucking monstrous. It was yeah. insane. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Who was, I was there? What? I was I was one, but I was there. Yeah. <laughs> your hey, spirit, hit, your spirit was just ascending, and you still caught it. My son it was, it was <laughs> born in that moment. Born in that moment. My son came to see my band play at six months old, so he is the oldest school motherfucker ever. All right, <laughs> he slept through it, but he was there. He was like, he had some headphones on. He was in the corner of the room. So, but anyway. I want to talk about how I kind of found hardcore and stuff like that. So I guess we can start with me since I'm me. So, <laughs> so back in the day, a long time ago, like when I was a you know a high schooler and stuff, I wasn't into hardcore. I was into like, I was into like rap and hip hop and stuff. That was my thing. I went to a Catholic school, you know, and I was, uh, I was trying to find my, my path, I guess. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends, you know, in Catholic school. I I would because I was kind of like an introvert and stuff. And so I didn't really like get into too much stuff that other people were into. But 
I found like hip hop as being like a thing that, you know, that was, that spoke to me. And that was, that was my thing. Like from like most of high school till, till I finished high school, that was like, you know, I like like Big Daddy Kane, all the popular like late eighties rap, like Tribe Called Quest, all that stuff. And then when um, I got out of high school and got, well, not out of high school, but I was late in high school. I, I, for some reason got into industrial music. And I just was like, that was my thing. And I was listening to that and stuff. And I don't know why I got into that, but it was just something that kind of spoke to me too. So I was, I was going to see like little industrial shows. Like I saw industrial shows at CBGB and stuff and all sorts of shit. So I, that was my thing. And then like in college, because I got into high, hardcore way late. Um, in well, in high school, I had a friend who was, uh, who was, his brother was in this band called Citizens Arrest. And that's how I kind of first heard of hardcore, but I never like, um, I never really like got into it, into it, even though he was telling me about it and all that stuff, but I never got into it. But when I got into college, I had some friends, my roommate's friends were into hardcore and I kind of like hooked up with them and started going to shows. And that was like the end of it. That's when I just started. So that was like, I would have gotten to high, I got into college in like 1991, 90, well, 91, I got into college. 92, I guess I would say I got into hardcore. So after that, it was the end of it. I've been to hardcore ever since. I mean, hardcore to me has been the only thing that's really spoken to me as far as a music genre. I mean, hip hop, of course, but I don't know, hardcore was just something else, you know, being like kind of like an outcast and stuff like that. That's, you know, when I got into hardcore, that was like, you know, that really spoke to me, like all, you know, all the bands talking about stuff that, you know, not being a part of society and all that bullshit and all that stuff. And, you know, not, I don't know, I just felt like an outcast and I felt hardcore spoke to me. And that's kind of why I got into hardcore and never left. And I'm still into hardcore to this day, I guess. That's the short story. You know, I don't want to get into any further because we only got, we got a bunch of people on and I want to hear some other stories of hardcore and how people got into it. So, uh, I don't know. I think, I think your story is like very, very similar to my story. Yeah. In the sense that like the, the being the, like the black kid in Catholic school, Definitely. Uh, I, I didn't, I found hardcore. I didn't know what it was when I was exposed to it initially. Mm-hmm. And then like in retrospect, I'm like, Oh, I liked all these events. So when I was a little kid, like I was listening to like, like Faith No More and like Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, and my mom was always like looking at me weird, like why is this kid listening to like that? You know what I mean? And then as time went on, like I think by the time I hit like twelve, it was like that was like the the fork in the road age because it was like everyone. I was trying to be like a mainstream hip hop kid, just trying to be cool with it. Mm-hmm. But like, it wasn't really working. And yeah. I was like, man, fuck this. Like, I'm, I'm tired of trying to like play this role. Like, I'm just going to like go skate and listen to like Linkin Park and shit. And then from there, you know, as like the internet became a lot more functional, I just started going backwards. So like, all these like bands like like look stupid little pop punk shit and mm-hmm. then like you hear the hits on mtv 
and then you go back through the discography to hear the earlier stuff and then you find out about other bands like you know like if it wasn't for listening to like blink 182 and like green day i wouldn't have learned about descendants and pennywise you know Mm -hmm. i mean so and all of that backtracking led to learning about bad brains because it was like my mom was like slightly religious so like she used to go to like this christian like bookstore and it sold cds and shit and one of the bands that was there was fucking pod and pod on the album satellite had a feature from hr on it and i was like that's cool and and the song itself was like a straight up for all intents and purposes was a bad brain song you know it just started with hr going watch out and then like ripped into it like that's cool but like and then watching the the second incarnation a headbangers ball there were hard mad hardcore bands on there i didn't know it was hardcore like like hate breed i didn't i didn't know what to i didn't know what to call it because it was like heavy like a metal band but it wasn't like as technical as metal you know what i mean so it was always in my radar i just didn't have a name for it and then you know as the years went on like i was like going to punk shows all the time but i wasn't fully cognizant of hardcore the community like i knew about hardcore the music but not the community and i'd never met anyone who was like oh yeah i'm into hardcore i'm into hardcore and it wasn't until i came back to buffalo in like 2009 that I went to my first Buffalo hardcore show and I stuck, we were at Mohawk and I remember Abel Danger was playing and Rhinoceros was playing mm-hmm. like two completely polar ends, opposite ends. And like, I loved Abel Danger. I thought Abel Danger was fun as hell, but like Rhinoceros was like, I was like, kind of like, what? I mean, now it's like, I like it, but at the time it was just like, why are all these like dudes like trying to like out tough guy each other? Like, this is goofy, you know, but that was the, that was the time, you know? And now I'm just like, yeah, hardcore is it, you know, it's like punk, punk is cool, but like, I feel like a lot of people have taken punk and focused too much on like the superficial side of it. Whereas, like, from day one, hardcore tried not to be superficial from day one. And, like, from there, I'm just like, yeah, like, this is it. And as the years have gone on, I've just been more cemented in it. And I'm just like, yeah, this is this is the pinnacle of that style of music. And then there's, there's for me, there's no reason not to be in hardcore. I, I'd agree. Like, I think I got into hardcore. Like, I saw punk. And I got into hardcore because I thought the guys, for whatever reason, I thought everyone looked normal in hardcore, which is one of the things that drew me to it. Like I, what people weren't like dressing up, mohawks, you know, plaid pants and shit. They were like just normal people. I mean, looking back, there was some, there was a fashion aspect to it, but in my mind, it was normal, and that's what kind of drew me to it. So definitely. And should be told, I, I, I wanted to be a punk. Like when I was a little kid, I had a mohawk. Like I tried to dye my hair. I had mm. the plaid pants. I did the whole bit, but like. Yeah over time it's just like this is too much effort to go out into the world and have to put on 
all these fucking chains and spikes and shit. Like, I don't want to do all that. Yeah, going back to your point about, like, you know, trying to be a hip-hop kid. Or, like, I, when I was growing up, like, when I listened to music that wasn't, like, you know, the music I was supposed to be listening to, I got all sorts of, like, pushback and, like, what are you listening to that stuff for? And what is this? And what is that? And, like, I mean, whatever. It's, it's what I like. And I remember, like, one time this guy came to my store and was like, like, why are you listening to this stuff? And I was like, it's what I like, man. Like, this is... I'm not going to apologize for what I like. So that's that. So tell them, say what they said, man. Say what they said. You know what they said. <laughs> what were they saying? Oh, shit. Uh, the Bisco brand cookie. Shit. Shit on my hand. <laughs> it was like, nigga, why are you listening to that white boy music? <laughs> I was just about to say that. Like, like straight up, like you listen to that white boy shit, man. Ain't nobody trying to hear all that devil, devil, Satan shit. Get that shit the fuck up out of here, player. Like that's that was the real shit, and then you had motherfuckers trying to step to you. Well, this happened to me. The motherfuckers is <laughs> trying to fight you because you know you jamming Nirvana and shit and doing Definitely. all that bullshit. You know, and you gotta oh. be like, I just want to skateboard, guys. <laughs> oh, fuck that, yo. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time a guy came in and was like, "Why are you listening to this music?" And I was like, "I was like, you know what? The truth has no color." Even though that was kind of like corny or whatever, but that's what I said. It was like. This is the truth to me, and this is what I'm gonna freaking listen to. So, fuck that. So anyway, I used to, I used to like. That was the reason I used to listen to Cannibal Corpse in high school, is because like kids would come up to me on the bus and they'd be like, "What are you listening to?" And I'm like, "Oh, would you like to listen?" And then it's just like, <laughs> it's just hammer, it's like hammer smash face, and it's just like, and then they like recoil and they're like, "Nice, all right." Um, one of you guys, let's let's get your story. Um, I have kind of a similar story to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I I wasn't really like that heavy into like music in general, just whatever was in my household at the time when I was younger, which was like you know hip hop, uh, R and B, gospel, because I had like a strong Christian background. So like soul, whatever my mom would listen to, like Earth, Wind, and Fire, all like all that kind of stuff. So like I grew up on that, and it wasn't until like I, I was a huge nerd in school. Like I liked like superheroes and anime anime was like ginormous of, of even to this day like a big part of me so back in like middle school i connected with all the other kids that liked it and um at the time um when people used to like download music and videos off of like limewire and stuff like that or livewire limewire um there was like dragon ball z like little animated music clips and they had um a lincoln park song to one of the clips and i was like yo this is sick this is like rock because i never really had a rock music ever like in my house like it was like kind of like a foreign thing except for like being on the radio i guess but it just was never really part of my my life and then i heard like lincoln park and i was like yo this is like rap but like guitar parts this is crazy you know so and it was like it went along to like the, the music video of like the anime so i was like instantly connected so that was like in middle school that was like the band for me like i was obsessed because i'm like i'm like a big nerd for whatever i get into i just want to know all about it and i want to like go in so i was in the lincoln park and then um some of the people that i met showed me like a little bit of the contemporaries like um not really like albums but like songs here and there like a little bit of like system of a down and um i'm trying to think because like I guess those are like all like new metal bands, but 
I didn't really like dabble, like go too hard into it. Like I, I didn't know corn that well. Um, my friend, my best friend at the time, Erica, she was like obsessed with Slipknot. So I heard a little bit of that. And like this Japanese band called Dern Gray, which is like kind of like Japanese, like Slipknot kind of. But yeah, they start, I mean, sweet. But uh, I didn't really get into hardcore until like, like I was kind of a late bloomer, like senior year of high school, because um, at the time, like I was like kind of just soaking in like mainstream, like rock music at the time. So just think like whatever was like 2006, five or six, like on Warp Tour, like that's what I was listening to because I had like bad internet. So like whatever was on MTV2 or like Fuse, I was just soaking it all in, like whatever was on there. Um, and like Comcast at the time had like on demand and they had like music videos and stuff like that. So I thought like all like, like, like hot topic, like metal core was like hardcore. So I was just like, yeah, hardcore. Yeah. I'm in the hardcore, you know? And then um, uh, what platform was it? Pure volume. You remember pure volume? Um, I searched hardcore, like on pure volume in my area and like Bane popped up like a picture of Bane. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. This is like different than like, you know the metalcore stuff but i was like it's still aggressive it's kind of cool so i searched like local like hardcore shows and like bane was like more like closer to boston to me but um there was like a club a town over that had a show with like a local band called chuck brunswick and um i had my grandmother just like drop me off and i was just like you know what i don't know anybody i just wanted to check this out and it was a cool show and ever since then i just i just been going but um when during like the transitionary period when I was like converting from like I don't like to call it like MTV Mo and like metalcore stuff. Um there was a couple of hardcore videos when I was like transitioning to hardcore that I saw. So believe it or not, on uh, on Fuse on demand, they had the Bad Brains Big Takeover video. And I had like done a little bit of research of hardcore, so I knew like the origins and stuff like that. Um I was like, oh, Bad Brains. So I checked. Actually, no, no. The first Bad Brains song video I saw was, um, oh, my God, the the metal song. the um... Eye Against Eye? No, no. Because that, that was a popular video. No, it was like they were in like a studio. It was like Soulcraft. Soulcraft was the first yeah, Bad Brains. Soulcraft was like, yeah. Yeah, that was like the video I, heard, I saw. And I was like, I thought they were like, like more of a punk band. This is like. You know, I had that image of Bad Brains. And then I saw another one. It was a big takeover. And I was just like, okay. So this band, like, kind of, you know, did different sounds and stuff like that. But once I went to that first show, it was it. You know, I was um, I was all over, you know, the MySpace forums for hardcore and the chats. And uh, I was introduced to Soul Seek. And I just, I went to town. Any band that anybody recommended, I would just download their discography. Um, my computer was bad, but I went to my aunt's house she had good internet and like my little cousin would always like have like porn viruses. So I was like the tech savvy guy. So she would always be like, Oh, Keith, can you come fix my computer? And I would go over and like refresh it or whatever. But I would also just like download so much music onto her, her thing. And uh, I had my little um, iPod or whatever. So I just like put all the music on there and it's pretty much how I got into hardcore in a nutshell, it's kind of a long story, but. That's like the too long in read version. It's a very similar story though. <laughs> yeah. Um Mr. Mr. Stage Dive Yogi. Let's hear your story. 
Yeah, man. My story ain't like none of y'all's, man. Uh, so, so back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. It was 1995. So, kid style. So, I was really big into this popular game at the time called Mortal Kombat, which everybody was at that time. At this time, it was all Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, that whole shit, right? At the time, they came out with a Mortal Kombat movie. And I was hyped as fuck to go see this Mortal Kombat movie. I, they had showed all the commercials on TV. I was like, Dad, Dad, I want to go. I want to go. He's like, all right, all right, cool, cool. So took me to see the movie. And I was stoked, man. And my favorite song was the theme song. So, you know, at this time, you know, in order to make units, you know, bands would put their music on soundtracks. Movie soundtracks was really fucking popping. And so... I got the soundtrack. Now, here's why I got the soundtrack. I only wanted the soundtrack for one reason, for the theme song, the one that went Mortal Kombat. But, you know, I wanted to do the whole fucking jump around the room and fucking kick holes in the wall and shit. I mean, well, pretty much what I do now as an, as an adult. But anywho, um, yeah, I wanted to do that and jump off of like the bed and shit. Right. Act like I was Scorpion, you know. So I get the CD and I'm listening to it through my headphones. And, you know, they have some industrial songs, you know, but it's, it's stuff that I didn't know about. Like, this wasn't stuff that I really understood what I was listening to. At this point, all I knew was like, you know, what was on the radio? Bush, Smashing Pumpkins, Nirvana, the, you know, your standard Alice in Chains, everything that was happening in that mid-90s kind of range. And there was a track on here that fucking floored me. It was Fear Factory. Fear Factory had a song on here. It it was it just fucking blew my mind. I had never heard anything so heavy. It was called Zero Signal. And I thought that was cool. Then there was another track by Typo Negative that was called Blood and Fire. And I really liked that. Then there was another track by a band I never heard of called Napalm Death. And they had a song called Twist the Knife. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, yo, I had never heard. Now, you remember, it's 95. I'm a kid. So I'm about to go into like middle school, I'm middle school, right? And so I'd never, I'd never heard this and I get to that track and it's like this weird guitar. It's like, din, 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 din. I was like, oh, what's that? And all of a sudden, oh, dude, just fucking like screaming crazy. I was like, oh shit, it scared the fuck out of me. I was frightened, yo, literally. But it was, I was so intrigued. I was like, oh, I was like, I was like, I'm really fucking scared, but this is fucking sick. And so I only liked those three bands. So I did the whole band to band thing. I said, okay, I got to figure out how to listen to this. So there was a scam um, for BMG and Columbia House CDs where you could like send them a fucking penny for like 10 CDs. And the idea was you were supposed to pay them back. What? I don't know who came up with this. Right. And, and so I, I ordered, I ordered, I remember I ordered um, the typo negative and then I got Fear Factory and then I just kind of was just buying stuff, you know, and then I would look at the thank you list. And so when I got the typo negative one, um, they had thank you list of like shit I'd never heard of at the time. They're like, yo, you know, we'd like to thank Biohazard and Madball and, and Life of Agony and whoever, whoever. And I'm and in my head, I was like, OK, I like typo negative. And then if they like these bands then these bands must be cool. So then I found those bands. And the same thing, at the Fear Factory CD had a hidden track of Fear Factory covering Your Mistake. 
by Agnostic Front. Of course, I didn't know who the fuck Agnostic Front was at the time. And then also there was guest vocals by somebody named Freddie. Okay, whatever. Didn't know who the fuck that was, but I really liked it. And so I did the same thing. I did the thank you list and like, and I just started, I kind of got into hardcore, but I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what it was. I just knew it was heavier than what was on the radio. I didn't even know the word was hardcore. I just knew it just made me want to bang my head and just like do crazy ass shit. So people want to have a cool story. I'm like, I don't know if it's that cool. They were like, how'd you get into hardcore? I'm like, I got into hardcore from a movie soundtrack, <laughs> you know, but, you know, Mortal Kombat movie soundtrack is nerdy as fuck, but I did. And I didn't even go to my first show until high school, freshman year. And, um, and that was kind of, that's a crazy story about me and my friend. We didn't have licenses. You know, he was Mexican, you know, fucking you can drive whenever in Texas, yo. But he he fucking took his he fucking took his took his fucking fucking dad's car. And he's like, yo, there's a show, blah, blah, blah. Let's go. And I'm like, and I told my mom, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go hang out at Jason's house. She's like, oh, okay. I'm thinking I'm just gonna go hang out over there. And we took off and like, and that was like 98. And it was fucking Scarhead opening. And then it well, oh, before that, there was a local band in Texas called Will to Live. At the time, they were called Scar for Life. And Will to Live is a band that pretty much put hardcore on the map in Texas for like so many generations of kids owe their life to Will to Live. So it was Will to Live and Scar, Scar for Life, Scar, Scar for Life. They were called Scar for Life. And then um, Scarhead played, and it was fucking Madball, Hate Breed, and Earth Crisis. So yeah, that was my introduction. And I didn't know what the fuck was going on. It was really scary and ugly. Scarhead and Earth Crisis in the same room. Dude, dude, yes, that. And you have to remember, this was a time where Earth Crisis was bigger than Hatebreed. So Earth Crisis was headlining. Then it was Hatebreed. Then it was Madball. And then Scarhead, you know, open. So that was pretty gnarly to be in high school. So, yeah, since then, I just kept, kept coming. And I never stopped until the pandemic. Ain't that crazy, yo? I didn't stop. I haven't missed. I didn't miss a show until the fucking pandemic. That's wild shit. Maybe I should hang up. Hang up the boots. No, <laughs> never, no, never, no, never, 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 never give up. Hey, how long? The, my break during the pandemic was March twenty to um, I don't know, sometime like July twenty one, maybe. It's a long ass time. That's a very long time, but. Oh, oh, shit. I forgot to say this about that show. Key moment of this show. So Madball had a weight bitch. They brought a weight bitch. I don't know if it was in their band. They brought it out and they were lifting weights in the parking lot. So that was cool. (laughs) And another thing about their set, Freddie had a gun. That tracks for 98. He had a he. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, this is what happened. I'd never seen this before. Like they they were doing their whole build up, and they had the amps on, and I don't know what was going on, but he had a gun. He pulls it out and puts it on top of the amp. Turns around, what's up? We're Madball from New York City. I was like, why does he have a gun? What is going on? What? Is, why are people hurting each other? I like this shit. <laughs> so it was like, oh, that, man. Uh, that gun story, oh, yeah. that's around the time when um, Madball and Integrity played together and Madball walked up to Integrity and showed the gun and said, you're leaving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 
I I assumed I assumed like these dudes have you know you just have guns you never you know no matter what. Yeah, you 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 buy with that right Keith have a have a gun. Yo, I took a gun on tour because I didn't want people robbing us. I'd sleep in the van. I got two right here. <laughs> Big guns. <laughs> that, that explains no, that sick. explains why uh why integrity headlined one day and mad ball headlined the other day at the last FYA fest. <laughs> yeah. There's still the whole thing That's still going on. There, there's gonna, there's certain there's places be they can't there fucking play. Uh, there's certain places they can't play. I think still to this day. I mean, rumor has it that Isaac wants to tour with Integrity. He's passed it, but yeah, I don't I think I don't cool think I, uh, I don't think Dwid has passed it. <laughs> no, I saw Dwid kick a, like like I think at, at the la- at the last FYA show, which was the last show I went to before the shutdowns. Dwid, I'm pretty like so. It looked like someone's mom tried to get on stage, and he like forcibly removed her. I was like, "That oh, tracks." I remember that now. I forgot. Well, about that, that that's 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 uh par for the course for for all the Cleveland bands because I've been around it since forever. All those dudes, all they ever do is fight women. They don't ever fight anybody except for women. <laughs> that is the straight up truth. <laughs> Something about the water in Ohio, man. Yeah, definitely. The had water in Cleveland, the rest of Ohio was all right. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Does also make you like a crazy Trumper or some shit? Is that what's up with Cleveland? Ohio is Northeast Ohio is significantly different from the rest of the state. You know, the 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 political landscape is so gerrymandered that all these rural counties are running like the centers of population are. Northeast Ohio, Columbus, and Cincinnati, which you could kind of include Dayton into that. And it's the way they've got the state cut up. You know, we've got a Republican governor, but we have the majority of voters wouldn't have voted for that guy. Like, it's just it's it's effed up the way they've got it set up. And yeah, Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to make too many excuses for my state because there is some fucked up shit. But (laughs) that that's an actual reality, you know, Um, but Chris isn't wrong. There's something wrong with Cleveland. I'm from Akron, so I can say that. I don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't claim it. Nope. <laughs> never have. <laughs> Been to a so, ton of shows up there, but never have. Uh, I'm about to put you on blast, Larry, and though it's not you. Uh, definitely an doing? Akron fanzine with Cleveland hardcore all over it. Just saying. Yeah, you you can talk Just to John saying. about you can talk to John about that shit. You're That's canceled, insane. buddy. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> it was an editorial decision I had no part in. So anyway, um, so I don't know. I talked about how I got. Did we all talk about how like we got pushback, like when you know we weren't doing like the typical stuff that we maybe were supposed to be doing, like from. You know, friends, family, strangers, etc. Um, so, did you guys all experience that kind of pushback? Oh, oh my god, sure. yes! Like I still do. <laughs> still do. <laughs> I mean, not not in hardcore, but like a lot of people are surprised. They're like, "What? This is what you listen to?" It's like, yeah, yeah what you think I listen to? I mean... <laughs> rap. You listen to rap music. I oh, there was a story. I so you. I like everything. Yeah. I went to this record store in uh, in uh, Long Island back when I first got into hardcore, and I was 
because I read somewhere that this was like a store that had hardcore records and like stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it was called or whatever. But um, the uh, I went into the store. I'm looking around, you know, trying to find, trying to find stuff. And the lady who owned the store, this like old white lady, was like, you know, we don't sell any rap here. And like, I immediately walked out of the store. And I was trying to buy the judge, like the original judge CD with like, uh, you know, the seven inch and the, and the LP on it. And I was able to tell Mike Judge this story when we played with Judge like five, that wasn't five years ago, like six or seven years ago, which was kind of cool to be able to tell him that story about what happened to me way back when. I mean, it just, I mean, it's, it's crazy that something like that would happen and that, well, I mean, it's not crazy something like that would happen because that's how people fucking are. People are still that way. So I guess it doesn't surprise me. I guess it surprised me then as a younger kid, you know, wondering why someone would judge me walking into a store but what was i thinking i i got followed around stores as a kid all the freaking time so what the fuck am i talking about <laughs> but anyway i digress so tell me some other stories about pushback and stuff like that for me it was mostly my family because yeah you know i um like at gatherings and stuff like that or like we would like typically like sundays you go, we would go to church, and then after we would go to like some random buffet, like a Chinese buffet or something. Like everybody would go, mm-hmm. and different families of the church would go, and they'll all talk about it. And then, like, my cousins would be like, Keith, I heard you listen to that white boy music. Like, everybody would just stare at me, and I'm just like, Really? He's gonna put me on blast like that? Like, I was like, Yeah, but I was like very shy. Like, I was very opposite of like, if you know me, like, I'm not now, but I was very like, introvert like to myself like mm-hmm. to my five or six friends in school that was it so like i'm just like single answer like yeah just stay quiet just yeah go to the bathroom you know try to divert attention away from me <laughs> as best as i could but yeah it was it was 90 percent of the time from my family my cousins my aunt like just yeah like don't are, worry about me you know? are they still that way no they're actually they're every time like I go to like for like Thanksgiving or whatever. They're all just like, "Oh, how's the band? Like, what do you guys do? Like, what are you doing?" I don't think they've actually like heard any of my band. Well, they've seen they've, they've seen videos because they're just like, "Oh, are you on YouTube?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then I would put it on. They think it's really cool now, but if it was like when I was like in my te- my early teens, it would they definitely would just like rip me apart. So yeah. I guess they're they're older now and like a little bit more. You know, the times have changed. It's a little bit more accepting, I guess, in society, not you know, to be stereotyped, but yeah. My I don't brother think I've ever dealt with it. My brother believe came it to or see not, us once. I never dealt with it in hardcore. Um, yeah. even if I was one of the very few like you know, black dudes in the scene here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I never really felt any kind of kind of backlash, occasional comments and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure like you know, you two have dealt with it too, but yeah. Nothing that really like hurt my feelings or anything like that. So. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get any family drama necessarily from it. It was more like neighborhood kids, you know, when you go to school. Yeah. But at, at home, you know, like my dad played guitar and he played blues, so I was introduced to like Wes Montgomery, and I was already jamming Hendrix, so I, I liked that. So I was, I was. People would be saying, "Oh, it's white boy music." I'm like, 
And that's that slave master mentality, man. Trying to fucking be on that plantation shit. I was like, rock and roll is black people music. This is our fucking shit. And they fucking stole it from us and didn't fucking pay the royalties on it. So I was like, you got, they got you thinking this is white boy stuff. I'm like, maybe, maybe not. Might want to do your history on that. I was like, the Beatles are awesome, but you know where they got that shit from. <laughs> so even though, even though I wasn't like, like a bad brains quote unquote fan. Like I always pointed to that as like, you know, the bad brains kind of created, like they were at the beginning of this shit. So it's not this, it's not white people music. It's, it's our music. And, you know, we were there at the beginning. So, but people don't even like bother with that. They're like, you're just lying or whatever, you know, they don't, they don't give a shit about what you, yeah. about what you're trying to say or what you're trying to teach them about. Cause that's how people are. They don't want, they want to hear what they want to hear. And, you know, that's just how it is. So. If you've seen I, think, it, I got we, the most I got the most pushback like probably as an adult honestly when I was like it, it coincided with like jumping headfirst into hardcore and like being a skin and like you, like you say those two words and people like freak the fuck out yeah and like I remember when I met Balaram the first the first time we met I was still vegan but you're like, you're a vegan straight edge skinhead. What the fuck, <laughs> dude? I told you. Remember that? Yeah, we played that. That we played Lisa's yeah. fucking uh, her house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, I was like, yo, how you doing the vegan stuff as a skinhead? Only because like all the skins I knew, like, you know, they eat whatever. They, yeah, yeah, eat whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like that, I got more pushback for. But like in my mind, I'm like. If it wasn't for black people, there would be no skinheads. So even then, like um, and and being from a West Indian family, but like growing up in like the states, like trying to bridge that gap of like, well, I like punk rock and shit, but this is literally the music of like my ancestors, and then and then again bad you find bad brains and they not only do they they played hardcore better than everybody else they played reggae just as good as everybody else and i was like okay this is the band you know what i mean like that's that's the, the point and then you know with skinhead shit it's like they were all listening to reggae first before oi happened before new york hardcore happened like it was all reggae shit and i'm like okay so like for me it's like holding on to those disparate threads and like being like this, this this is this is me like this is where i come from and i would i'd be remiss to not own it and embody it so that like other young kids coming up behind me would be like yeah like this is valid and it's cool and you can do that too and can't nobody tell you otherwise you know Definitely. Um, train of thought. Hold on. <laughs> train of thought. Sick band. Is that a band? <laughs> train yeah. of thought. So while, while Mark's thinking, I'm going to say, I'm just going to add a little piece that like, you know, those original skinhead kids, like particularly the white kids wanted to be black West Indie kids, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so many people just don't acknowledge that. Uh, you know, particularly in a mainstream thing, like I was wearing one of those uh, crucified rosaries that uh, Hoodrich did 
because you know I was I was a schoolboy way back when, and somebody saw it that I work with who's just some total mainstream guy. And he's like, oh, I didn't know you were so Catholic. I'm like, no, it's a skinhead thing. And he kind of rears back and he's like, I didn't know you were like that. And I'm like, 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 like what? And then I had to like educate him on it real quick. And it was like, still like 30 some years later or 40 or 50 years later for some people still having to educate normal people on the realities of things. Were you among in the, mil- Sorry, among the million other, no, it's okay. Among the million other fallacies in that, American hardcore film was listening to Sean Taggart say that hardcore was like our music and didn't have the hang up of white guys stealing blues. And I'm like, yo, motherfucker, I can draw a direct, direct line from Bad Brains to Ramones, from Ramones to a rock and roll band, from rock and roll band to fucking Blind Willie McTell. So shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. It is, <laughs> it is, Ramones literally it, were like, it was like slightly souped up Chuck Berry riffs like that's all it is and, and, <laughs> and you know and it's like yeah. nobody nobody's saying you can't enjoy it nobody's saying you can't play the form but honestly know where it comes from and just pay respect to it and turn other people on to it and let them know what you know I mean my dad grew up in Memphis so when you were talking about earth wind and fire he came up when I was a kid before I started taking real ownership of my own music it was all my dad's records it was all the Willie Mitchell produced Al Green stuff. It was all the stack stuff. It was all that stuff because he grew up in Memphis. So, you know, I kind of came to hardcore a little bit later and backwards, but I've always tried to sort of, because I'm interested in histories of things, I sort of recognize that those things as being that. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying it is what it is, man. That's what I teach my children. I'm like, nah, this is where it comes from. And that's cool. You know, it's no need to no need to have any hangups about it. Just fucking just deal with it. It is what it is, you know. So Chris, were you at that TSOL show at the showplace way back when? Were you in Buffalo? Uh I don't remember TSOL playing in Buffalo, so I'm gonna say no. Yeah, my brother came up to visit me and he went to that show and there was there were skinheads at that show, and he was like scared to death of these skinheads at the show because he didn't understand that like there was like four of them at the show and there was a bunch of hardcore kids who would like take care of business if they started well, anything. And I was going to say, were they like bash dudes or was it like Ruben I think, dudes? I think, I think they were Nazis. Because I remember Ruben, I remember Ruben was like, if any of them start trouble with you, I got your back. Because that's how, that's how Ruben is. So, yeah, yeah. so it was like, he was like scared to fucking death of, of that. And like, it was, I told him there's nothing to worry about. There's like, they're outnumbered. They're not going to start nothing. And I, I've always thought that like, Skinheads usually started, they didn't start with the black dudes, they always started with like the skinny white kids at shows and stuff. Absolutely. Those are the people they picked on the little, the smallest kid in the room and they like went after that kid. So, yeah, the the Buffalo ones beat up all of the white punk rock kids. Definitely. They picked the smallest ones. Definitely. Yeah. So that's a a faction that's kind of, kind of left hardcore in many ways. Yeah. Because it was, because when I started going, when I was going to shows in Dallas, Texas, so this was like early 2000s. Um, you know, we, we had the Hammerskins mm-hmm. that were out there and they used to come to shows and like hardcore kids had to fight with actual Nazi skinheads and like all the OG dudes would have to fight these dudes off. And, <laughs> and it, it was it was it was really scary. Like because when you went to a show, it was like, do you love hardcore? Like for real? Like. Do you love it enough to where you might have to defend yourself tonight? You know, you know, these yeah. people might start targeting you. And I was lucky to be friends with some of the older guys who like 
pretty much stomped a lot of those guys out and um, a lot of those guys end up going to jail and stuff, but it's cool. It's cool to go to shows now and not necessarily see that. Yeah. But you know, you, you used to go places and you'd be looking at people's tattoos and they'd be like, Ooh, he got the motherfucking bolts. God damn. God damn. He on that bullshit. And I was like, why the fuck am I at this blood for blood show? Anyway, you know, I knew I knew this shit. I knew this shit was gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? Like I I I I remember, yeah, there was a tour. It was uh most precious blood, blood for blood, maybe terror or something. And and those hammers, those hammer skin guys, they showed up and they started trying to target me in the pit. And I remember there was this black bouncer, big dude with like arms and sides of tree trunks. He had like a ponytail. And I remember he grabbed the skinhead dude like by his throat, picked him up and like walked him all the way across the venue towards the door and threw his ass out there. And he walked up to me. He's like, enjoy the show, kid. And I was like, <laughs> it's like, thank you, man. <laughs> Uh, my only two my only two experiences with Nazi skinheads were Newark, Ohio and uh Houston when I lived with my dad down there for a while. I went to go see Judge and refused to fall and intent at the accident. Yes! And yes! uh there were some hammer skins there, but they didn't they didn't really fuck with anybody. Um yeah. they just kind of did their thing. And I was I'm little now, I was even smaller back then. So it was like I'm like, man, do I have to, I might have to knuckle up with these guys. I really don't want to because <laughs> they're all eight feet big and I'm all a five, seven, you know, <laughs> like, well, like, you know, so I mean, the yeah. Buffalo ones, I mean, Buffalo had bash and Bra- bash and brash, which was Buffalo Rochester. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of those dudes like either like got absorbed into the metal scene or just kind of disappeared by like 93 and then they had a resurgence in what was that like ninety eight mark? Yeah, that remember that? Were you there show minutes. in the show in Rochester, that integrity show? Were you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half, like there was a bunch of them there at that show. Bunch of them there, and that's like when I actually started to lose what level of respect for integrity that I had. Yeah, because they were just like, "Hey, we're all here for the same reason." I was no, like, "No, we're not. No, we're not, not all of us. Same reasons. Not all of us." What? Remember when they uh, they all marched in right before integrity played? Yeah, they were downstairs hanging out with them before that, and they all marched into the into when Integrity was playing, and like, wasn't there like anti racist action there too? And they like packed up and left. (laughs) Yeah, because they were like ten thousand. So to be fair, (laughs) the Buffalo skins and Rochester skins at the time were all about an average of two twenty and six two. Yeah, and the ARA guys were like. 150 combined <laughs> you know like so they they fled for their lives like and i remember and, and i feel bad about this but like i remember being at the time when we were getting ready to leave and like some others were like preparing to like square up and i was like dude yeah. it's not our scene let's fucking get out of here they come to buffalo we'll deal with it and it got dealt with when it came to buffalo well yeah. you were at that af show right i don't think i was AF at the show place when they all showed up and like right before AF's last song everyone went outside and they're like yeah we rule and then they wouldn't come out from under the awning oh really because there were like just so many people like in that like triangle parking lot and across the street like they were just like yeah we're not leaving until like the cops show up well, there's always the what, what year was that Warped Tour show where the the the, uh, the fight 97 happened? yeah like there was, 
there was a warp core show where it was a bunch of a bunch of Nazis got beat the fuck up. It was on the news and everything up here in Buffalo. Like <laughs> yeah. like like Nazis running for their lives and shit and all sorts of shit. Did like, we did we live together at that point? Because we uh, might have been living we might have been living together like right around then. Yeah, somebody else came over to the apartment after that talking about it, like, dude you missed it blah 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 i was like his hands all bloody like somebody else had like a tire track on their shirt it's like, well, fucking blah. It's like, like i think i broke my neck but that's cool keep keep talking you're, you're incriminating people here statue limitations of course yeah not a murder it's all good so anyway um now that we've broken that shit down let's talk about so actually, I, I brought this up in the last in the last uh, the last episode of the podcast. I think it was last episode. I know black hardcore is not a genre, but you guys, do you think that having black members in a band would make you more likely to check out a band? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Oh every, yeah. Every single fucking time. Yeah, I mean, I will at least give a band a shot if they have a black member. And, I used to like whenever a, like a met, like black members came through town, I'd always like make it a point to talk to people too, because you know you know we gotta kind of stick together and shit. So, but I, would, like, I would at least do the nod, be like, <laughs> you know, acknowledgement. Yeah, I acknowledgement mean, is the biggest thing because like you don't want to you don't want to be a punisher and just be like yeah. super geeked up about a complete stranger, but at the same time, like even though you are. <laughs> I am. I, I. I am. I have. I have many punishing characteristics, and I, I try. I'm trying really hard not to. But I'm just like I talk a lot. Yeah, I was so pumped when Pure, when Pure Disgust came to Buffalo. I was pretty. Yo, psyched about that, that band rocks. Yeah, I was pretty psyched yeah. about that. I was. I was so pumped to play with those dudes, and like that was. I, I might have been a bit fanboyish there too, but whatever. He's a boxer now. Rob's a boxer now. Oh, is he? That's awesome. Well, he, he has like Muay Thai or something. No, he does Muay Thai. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah. It's okay. We'll do music no more. Man. That's okay. It's okay to, to give people props, you know? Just yeah, be like, man. hey, man, I see you. I'm Definitely. trying to be like you. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> my dude. <laughs> nah, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's cool. I mean, it it was it was weird, you know, going to shows and being like the only black dude there. I know, I know in Texas at least. Like there was a there was a guy that was older than me. He's kind of like my older brother at this, but he's not really. But in hardcore, you know, yeah. and his name was Noble, and like he still goes to shows, and like and he still skateboards, you know, and and you know you'd see people, you go, "What's up?" So if a band had black people in it, it was almost like mandatory to like go off extra fucking hard. I remember bringing Cipher to Texas uh, early two thousands. And I was like, hey, you know, that shit was pretty extreme for people, you know, politically, that yeah, band, and lyrically and all that. But like, it was like mandatory. It's like, oh, there's a black person in this band. Oh, let me check them out. You know, because representation is everything. I don't know if people realize this. Well, it's it's so in in my line of work, we talk about things called dominant cultural traits and dominant cultural traits basically identify white supremacy, you know, the traits and the customs and beliefs that shape white supremacy. And it's like, it's one of those things where like someone told me this one time, they were like, you know, a fish doesn't know it's in the water. 
it takes the frogs to tell the fish the difference between the water and the land, you know? So sometimes if you have privileges or if you, if you have been indoctrinated by dominant culture, you don't know it. And so sometimes someone will be like, well, what difference does it make if there's a black person in a band? Like we're all the same. We bleed red, yada, yada. You know, you've heard all that shit, yeah. you know, which is true, but, but I, I, yeah, you know, but like, it, it's different when you're from an oppressed group and, you know, you don't see yourself represented in those circles and in those lights. So when you're like, oh shit, fishbone, what the fuck is that? I'm going to pay attention. You know, even when a motherfucker kind of looks black, people are like, oh, that dude from No Doubt, whatever, he's cool. He, we'll, we'll, we'll throw his ass in there. <laughs> Make exceptions. Yeah, be like, okay. He's good. Yeah, Tony. Yeah, you know, like anything, you just, you just, be, you just you're looking for it. I mean, why, you know, I mean, it's like from some forty-one, dude. You mean you're like, yeah, it's kind of. I was like, whatever, you know. No, but I mean, maybe, maybe not that far of a stretch. But I mean, you, I found I found myself gravitating towards towards bands like that, you know, because it 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 showed me that oh shit, I think I think I can do this. I, I think I can do this. When I saw Bad Brains, that was that was one of the things where I was like, holy shit. This motherfucker looks like my uncle. I was like, this is cool. I was like, that's I, I love Doc. Like he looks like like he looks like someone in my family. And I was like, I can vibe with this. <laughs> oh yeah. So um let's get to the let's get to the draft portion of the of the episode. <laughs> You're unmuting you told yourself, me it Chris. wasn't a draft. It is a draft. <laughs> so so we do drafts on this i don't know if you guys listen to our to the podcast but we do drafts so if someone picks a band you can't pick them so okay so so be ready <laughs> what how many are we how many bands are we doing they you never actually just a couple i'm gonna so pick green. a band before Ballaram kid because i know i know i know what you want to pick and i'm gonna pick it if i and go you first. can't you can't pick the bad brains because they are right. they're they are wait just... oh wait are we are we talking about black bands or are we just talking about bands we're talking about black bands, bands. with black members yeah ah. what's the what was the swizz rule what do you mean what's the uh, swizz rule well something so, about so the... like if you pick swizz you can't pick red hair or the other ones because it's essentially the same band sweet belly freak down sweet yeah, belly freak basically okay. the same right. bands so if you pick one you covered all three and don't pick a band where like some black guy plays second guitar on a tour sometime. You got to pick a band where black <laughs> where, where the black person was in there and doing stuff. At least we okay. hope so. <laughs> so no Harley Max, <laughs> no Rocky. Rock, <laughs> pick one of Rocky no, George's other bands. To Rocky George. <laughs> God, trust me, like any band Rocky George is in, I'm going to listen to. Just saying. So 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 who wants to go first? Or should, how should we do this? How, how, should, how should we do this? Just make it random. Make it random. Let me, uh, Chris, you can go first. I'll let, I'll let you go first as, 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 as one of the white people. Wow. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a, that trap. He's doing it's you a solid on black. History. Wow. He's doing wow. you a solid during so, black history. Man. You know what? I'm going to pick, let me pick. Chris, first, your then. privilege is showing. Let, let me, yeah, let me, I'm, no, <laughs> I'm not going first. <laughs> Let me do a, let me do a little pick here. I'm gonna I'm gonna set this up and like do a little like thing here, a little like um. Give me a second. 
talk amongst yourselves while I'm doing this. But I'm gonna so, all right, so do uh, is it only hardcore bands or no? Hardcore, it, it could be outside of hardcore, just hardcore. It could okay. be outside of hardcore. Because um, I was I was thinking about like you know my connection to like early punk rock is like really super strong, and I always felt that. You know, as much as I love hardcore, I identify with that more. I always felt, at least from my perspective, what I saw was that it was a much more diverse group, particularly like in the 70s, like the different artists you could look at. You could look at Richard Hell and the Voidoids or X-Ray Specs or any number of people that had black performers. So that's why I sent you that text mark, like, you know, how far can I go with this? Because there's a lot of bands I think people need to touch on that they're adjacent to hardcore and they're great springboards into it if you are really looking for it you know yeah okay do you figure yourself out over there i'm, I'm working on it right okay let me just do this it's it's, it's I, I wasn't ready for this so so actually let's we have we have i kind of have a screen here so i'm just gonna um larry go first uh i'm gonna go with the one i should go with instead of the one i want to go with i gotta go with outface because they're they're cleveland and uh let me let me let me preface this real quick i think they're a great band um friendly green is not a good representation of how good that band actually is and their live sets and i've seen them a billion times always ran a bit long but they were always super powerful and Derek was always like a really great front man and uh the joke was made in that Cleveland hardcore doc that all the girls showed up to the shows. And that's 100% fucking true. All the ladies were at the outface show. So, um, but I mean, they just, and you know, like I kind of, Oh, I didn't low key shit on Cleveland. I shit on Cleveland earlier, but um, the cool thing about Cleveland was I always felt that, you know, it was pretty well represented pretty early on as far as like seeing people, you know, black faces in the crowd, you know? And when my wife and I started seeing each other, uh, that was something that was important to her because there were, you know, at the Canton shows, there weren't any other black people except for her. So it was always a matter of like, you know, she wanted to go to the Cleveland shows a little more comfortable for her. And, you know, and she would express those things to me. And I also have to pick them because, uh, we were friends before, but we started dating when we went to go see Quicksand Outface in Seven Seconds to Babylon and Go-Go in 1991. So I got to go with Outface and we're still tight friends, you know, so I can't not go with Outface. Outface is just a great band. They're, they're forgotten by a lot of folks, unless you're a huge Sepultura head. And even then you might not look back, but uh, he was, a, he was a cool Good dude night. too. He was a really super nice guy. So can I interject a little something? Yeah. Yeah. So if if you guys are going to, if you guys have listened to Outface, you know, the friendly green suffers from interesting production. The demos are great, but the song bullet on the dark empire comp is the single greatest recorded Outface song period. Agreed. And I've been trying for years to get, charlie to get them back together and re-record everything with that level of production and that range of Derek's voice like that was Derek at his absolute strongest pre-sepultura mm-hmm. and our face was on my list you motherfucker sorry sorry man 
You lose. I mean, I'm not sorry, but I'm just trying to be polite. <laughs> and you're only picking one band or is it five bands? Just one band? We might do. Three. We might. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes with time and stuff. And this is like your favorite band or just a band you're feeling? A band that you want to shine a light on. That's 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 the that's the thing. Or you could say your favorite, whatever criteria you want to use. Like, and it, it could be new, it could be old. Yep. Yep. But just a band you're feeling. Just can't yeah. be all white. Oh yeah, it can't be all. I was gonna be like fucking Prince, yo. The fuck? <laughs> Prince. I saw Prince live, man. He did a fucking front flip and landed in a split and was still playing his guitar solo and shit in fucking hills. Now that's fucking hardcore. But, but I don't know, man. I'm I don't gonna, think he qualifies for this though. All right, yo, I'm gonna do on, on the hardcore tip. I'm sorry, Keith. I'm sure he's like, don't say it. I'm going with motherfucking absolution, bro. Absolution, absolution, fucking mind-blowing, spectacular, monumentous, incredible, ingenious <laughs> fucking band. My whole entire life is just like if I front a hardcore band, like anytime, like my whole entire life is just pretty much copying the singer of Absolution, just copying Gingy Brown, pretty much, which by by proxy means the you end up copying shaka you know but it's it's, it's the same shit right you know so yeah i i fucks heavily with absolution it's just it's so raw it's so one thing i let's talk about black vocalists so the cool thing about black vocalists is every single black hardcore vocalist is very distinct you hear them and you know who the fuck it is. It's not like you hear a bunch of hardcore bands. Everyone's rah, 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 rah. I'm like, okay, you all sound the same. It's like you hear Absolution vocals. And you're like, oh, okay. That's a, that's an interesting range. You know, there's there's a lot going. There's a lot of soul. There's a lot of um, expression that I think can only come from, <laughs> come from just like some hard shit or just come from a collective oppressive state of just dealing with being black in America if you're from America. So yeah, absolution. That's going to be my pick. So uh, let me ask you this, which uh, do you prefer the original recording or the re-recording of the seven inch they did a couple years ago? Probably like almost 10 at this point. Hey, yo, yo, much love and respect to Andy Guida of super touch. Um, who recorded that new stuff. Um, <laughs> it's really good, but I like the old, the old recordings is what I heard because there was that CD. Ah, what's the one? I got it at Posse Numbers. Uh, I think Temperance put out like a... Yeah. yeah. It was the like discography. a... Yeah, it was something. It was all scratchy and shitty sounding. Like the whole entire yeah. thing sounded like absolute garbage, but I'm like, this is my garbage and I love it. So, Yeah. But the new recordings actually sound heavier. It's it's more. I think that's what they wanted. You know, that's what they would have wanted then. But I. But you know how you get stuck on a sound and you've been hearing it forever. Then someone's like, "Hey, here's a re-recording of it," and you hear the re-recording. You're like, "Yeah, it's it's cool." But I, mean, I like I liked that thing. seven inch back then. But then I also heard the comp songs which sounded like the production was just so much better so i was pretty stoked on that re-recording when they did it 
yeah. the, juxt- the juxtaposition seven inch is really good too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were going to be my pick, but I went without face because that was like an important band to me. But Absolution was going to be my first pick, so I'm kind of pissed about that. But it's, <laughs> it's all off right. the table. It's all right. Yeah. Hey, yeah. There, there's more. There's yeah. more. <laughs> his uh, his phrasing is awesome. Like he always sounds like he's chasing the drums, and I wonder if that comes from listening to his old man play jazz all those years. Like his phrasing is way different than a lot of other vocalists, and so you know they're great. I love them. Keith, you're up. All right, so, so my internet is being a little weird, so I apologize. Do I do I sound okay? So far, yeah. Good enough. <laughs> and you're done. <laughs> and he just froze, yo. He just froze. <laughs> Are you still there? Oh my god. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Now we can. Okay. I don't know. My internet is being real spotty. All right. I had a couple bands I was going to talk about, but I'm inspired to talk about a certain New Jersey band that I discovered. I don't even know how long ago. And I think Valorant shed some insight on them before, but that band charge from New Jersey. When I first heard them, my friend Joey was like, yo, have you heard charge before? And I was like, no. And he showed it to me. It literally blew my mind. Like it was just, it was just so, so explosive, so much energy and his vocals. I mean, you could say like, you know, it sounds like like chalk a little bit, but they were like so distinct, like so distinct, you know, like, I don't know. Like it's funny because they recently popped up on my, like my Facebook timeline um, of uh, my friend uh, Nick post posted about them in, in like some forum and we talked about it. So I like just revisited it. And this is funny because it was before you asked me to be on here too. And, uh, or maybe it was after, I don't know, but, um, what's the album, uh, universal tribe. Yeah. Uh, when I heard that, I, I just, just like, yo, I need to know like, what's up with this band, like right away. Definitely. Um, I don't think, I don't think he's in, did he do any other bands after that? Or like, I don't know the deal with, with the dudes in, those, in those bands. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, they they had that. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because, like, I on the low key, I I joined that band <laughs> a few years ago because we were about to come back and like, Yo, they, yeah, yeah, their, their guitar player didn't want to do it, and I was doing all, I was learning all the guitar parts, and I'd been to New Jersey a few times, and and it was gonna happen, but then it didn't happen. So, but yeah, char- charge is legit. Definitely. Yeah. All right, Kari, you're up. Oh man, I've been oh, thinking. I've been thinking about it, and I've I've always, you know, obsessively like made note of every band that had one or more black people in them. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna go with the band that has zero white people in them. Zulu, I'm going with Zulu. Nice. I might go see them in Rochester. I'm thinking about it. That's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be sick. I mean, yeah. realistically, I would have plugged I would have plugged my old band Disrepair because I think we were probably one of the best bands that had few white people in it. I think at one point in time, there was only uh, I think at one point there was only like one white person in the band. Yeah, 
and I was happy. I was happy with that. So I was like, I am. <laughs> oh, but Zulu, but Zulu, Zulu's that band, you know. It's like between them or or fucking Stout or fucking Jesus Peace, mm-hmm. but. Well, now you still got two more rounds Even, to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, I, was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, stop, bro, stop. I was like, you're like dropping I, I got, I got, I got a pocket pick. I have a pocket pick. I have a controversial pocket pick. You just took pick. Jesus Peace and Stout off the board. Yeah, you can't. You, you don't talk about other bands during this thing because you might give people other clues as the bands that they should pick. You can't be doing that. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm, I have a controversial pocket pick. I'm gonna leave it at that. All right. <laughs> um, Chris, you're up. All right, so the first band, I was going to go local, but I'll go local later because nobody's going to get it. So the first band that I'm going with is uh, Gut Instinct from Baltimore. <laughs> Silence is resounding. Uh, yes, no. Fuck we're yes. muted. We're muted. I was, <laughs> was going to say that. I, I was, I was clapping my hands, dude. When, when you said Gut Excellent. Instinct, I was like, yes. I, was, I wanted to say that. The mic on guitar, the mic on bass, like Gut Instinct, like... Every song was written for the dance floor, whether they intended that or not. They were probably the first band to talk about pulling a gun on people that I could think of. Um, the demo is definitely like the seven inch is awesome, but the demo is just a little bit better. I mean, they're from fucking Baltimore, so you know what they're about. Mm-hmm. Like fucking gut instinct, man. And supposedly the song Rap Aster is about the singer from Next Step Up. Yeah, like inner Baltimore beef. Now that's hard. <laughs> yeah, that's Charm really City hard. skins, man, all the way. The story of them playing that bar, the Lenati bar, is like crazy. I have that picture Yo, on my so, phone still. Oh, it's a great picture. But when I saw when I went to the Gut Instinct reunion in 2006, Mike, the guitar player, had an SS belt buckle, and like. I didn't know him, so I wasn't going to be like, yo, yo, like, what's that about? But I did ask Dave Brown about it. He was like, most likely he beat it and took it off of somebody, and it's like a trophy. Like, (laughs) it's fucking hard, man. It's fucking hard. All right, I'm up. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to leave hardcore and pick, and pick, uh, I'm going to pick Body Count because Body Count is a super important band to me. Like, so important that I, like, back in, like, you know, 1995-ish, 96-ish, I was in a Body Count cover band. We practiced twice. We never played. But we were going to be a Body Count cover band. You don't remember that? I do remember that. I remember that. We were called TCK. You know what that stands for? The Cop Killers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was like, that's awesome. You said TCK. I was like, I was, please tell me. I was, I was thinking, I was thinking Tanawanda Cracker Killers. <laughs> that's good too. <laughs> Whatever you want it to be. But Ice T, like, as far as like, you know, guitar music and stuff like that, I, I mean, people might think he's corny, but like, it's good. Like, even the latter day body count stuff is good. Like, go back and listen to it. Like, don't think of him as like Finn or, or, or the OG. Think yeah. of him as like the body count frontman because that's all he's doing right now. He's he's, he's in a rock, he's a rock, he's a he's a rock singer now. And yeah, I think it's I rocked good. those two body count records that came out in the last two or three, whatever it is that came out in the last couple of years. They're yeah, like the, they're great in the gym. Yeah, the first one's the best one, obviously, but there's a lot of good tracks on the later ones. And like Ice T, anyone that knows me, Ice T is like one of my personal heroes, and you know, fucking body count, man. I've seen them maybe three times now, so I'm pumped on body count. So 
I saw him play with Madball, and there was almost a fight between DMS and Zulu Nation. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, certain people people like to throw around the N-word in New York, and certain people (laughs) don't respond well to that, and you've got to take it from there. Yeah. But anytime Ice-T says anything, I listen. So, freaking body count. Shout out Law & Order SBU. <laughs> All right, Larry, you're up again. Uh, I was gonna pick one and probably crap all over one of Chris's picks, but I'm gonna be kind about it. And see, no, do it, do it. Fucking bring no, the heat. no, 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 no. I'm not gonna do that to you. I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want you to work over, work those brain cells over time coming up with another one. So I'll just let you have that one. Um. I will laugh when I don't. I wasn't a huge, honestly, I wasn't a huge fan of this band. I think I came to respect them more as time went on, but they had a hot minute in the early 90s. We go for Eye for an Eye uh, from Boston, Cambridge. Um, That that Omega Drones, that Omega Drone seven inch was was pretty decent. It wasn't like, you know, they had like that some slat based quality that I just wasn't really into, but you know what? I saw videos of them playing live because I never got to see them and they were, they were cool. I was like, you know, and that, that I don't think they were popular and nobody talks about them. And, you know, again, it wasn't one of my favorites, but I felt like they meant a lot to a lot of people. So I feel like you talk about bringing shine to people. I'm like, well, maybe they should be in the conversation too. Cause who was it back then? Gingy and Chaka and the net dude. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there He's was more anyway. Cool. Yeah, there were more, of course, but you know, as far as like they were an up and coming band, and they were kind of almost scaling up those walls. It almost got to that plateau where the big boys are at, and you know, they just kind of got forgotten. So I, I picked them. I'm glad you picked them, man. Yeah, they I were mean, on my list. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, uh, not not the. Uh, I was uh-huh. hoping. <laughs> Balaram, you're up. Well. Shout out to Corey. So I'm going to give it to fucking Move. Nice. Move is an awesome band. Um, I I got a chance to see them um, in, in Philly, like in the fall or whatever it was, a few months back. And uh, <laughs> that band's great. As far as like a new band, it's, it's really cool to, um, to see a band not afraid to talk about to, to have even to have courageous conversations even in 2022 to really make people think and have a, a bit of uncomfortable pause during a set and kind of take it back to that you know when people are like let's talk more rock you know people do that but you know I hear I hear their singer talk and I'm like yo He's saying something. Wait, all we need to you all need to listen to this. This is actually this is actually pretty good. Something to think about as you leave this show <laughs> and go into the real world and all that. But yeah, I go I go with move. The songs are heavy. It's definitely very moshy, which I love. So yeah, if y'all haven't heard them, they're cool. They're I'm all about move. I like, yeah. fucking love that seven inch. Yeah. Keith, you're up. Shout out to Corey. All right, so I'm going to talk about a band that's, you know, the the singer wasn't black, but the band is probably one of two of the most important bands to me personally. Like, again, I get hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the the first step from North Carolina. 
and I'm actually friends with 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 Izzy, Izzy. the the original drummer. So Izzy, shout out to Izzy, he's the homie. But that band was so important to me, changed my whole mindset from like sad, uh, quiet, uh, negative keys that nobody really knew until like you know the more cup half you know cup half full you know your life sucks but like try to make the most out of yourself and better yourself and those around you that kind of mindset Mm -hmm. that band really 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 did it for me and then knowing that i didn't see them with izzy drumming at the time because i got into them a little bit towards the end but just knowing you know obviously i was a nerd and wanted to watch old videos and the old records and stuff like that and i saw i was like oh they had a black like drummer that's so sick and just inspirational like i've never actually told izzy any about that but he's 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 a inspirational guy to me and he's in the street fighter too so like that's that's awesome i think so (laughs) yeah so i just wanted to spotlight them because yeah definitely one of the, the most important bands for me ever Nice. Oh, that's awesome. I, I tell people all the time, best band of the best band of the early 2000s. Like for like straight up traditional youth crew hardcore, whatever, nothing mm. beats the first step. Like it just it just sounds hardcore. Like, you know, when people like hardcore has a whole bunch of different factions right nowadays, right? They're like, well, you say hardcore, you mean hardcore like this kind of hardcore, that kind of hardcore, this. And I'm like, I'm like, man, you know, the hardcore that's like one, two, three, go, you know, and the, it's like the, I don't know. It's just so. You just want to, you just want to stage dive off of. Yeah. Anything. It's the stage. Yeah. It's, just, it's stage you know. dive core. It's like, it's like, it's not about dancing hard or anything. It's like, it's the, you know, everyone complains about the horseshoe now. Right. You've seen mm-hmm. it. You know, oh, that, yeah. that's a weird thing we've gotten that it's happened the last eight years or so. We go to festivals where there's like that big little, oh, because everyone's moshing, you know, I, I get it. But um, the first step, it was like, no, we want to bring everyone to the front. And like, we, we're singing some really cool stuff. We want you to sing along and everyone like, just have fun and like stage dive, man. Yeah, first step. I might watch the uh, the last show video again after the podcast because <laughs> such, a, such a magical Fred video. Trump, I was there. Shout out to Fred. Oh, yeah, Fred. Yeah, he drummed for Counterblast. So he's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Oh, yeah. Forgot about it. I did a little band. How are you, right? So my, my controversial take for important black rock and rollers near and dear to my heart, Oxblood featuring Phil and Mac. That I have to, because like, to to be black in the skin in America, you gotta be like extra double triple crazy. You know what I mean? And like knowing and knowing and knowing Phil, just knowing he exists and like and there's like there's still a few skins floating around, but Phil was like out there like front and center. You know, and like, yeah, Oxblood, as time went on, you know, showed their true colors. But, you know, the fact that Mac and Phil were there holding it down, doing their thing, like, I would I would be remiss to not give them their props because, like, they they opened a lot of doors for the rest of us 
who came behind them and decided to shave our heads and buy $90 polo shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have a question. What's why up? Ox blood over the, why Ox blood over the Templars? Yeah. Because of Mac. Because of Mac. The music okay. was harder, too. The music was harder. Like, Templars, Templars, I like the Templars musically, but it's, when you have just Phil, it's like, okay, like, the token black dude or whatever. But, like, Mac up front with Phil? But who's weird. the other, because uh, I'm not that familiar with the Templars, but who's the, I think he plays guitar in Templars. Right now, um... No, he has. He always has been. It's always been okay. Phil and another dude whose name I can't remember. Yeah, and see, and that's the thing. Like, I don't, rem- I don't even remember the dude from the temp- the other dude from Templar's name. But when I saw the first time I saw a photo of Oxblood, I was like, oh, like when I saw Mac, I'm like, oh, he's like, he's about it, about it. Like, he's like, no muss, no fuss, you know. And yeah, I mean. If, if I had to pick a, a record to listen to, I'm going to listen to Return of Jack Dumoulin over, like, any Oxblood record. But, like, the presence, I think, spoke to me in a very massive way. And, like, I have to, like, constantly remember, like, that was a moment in time that, like, I got to acknowledge. Like, I, that's, that's why I said that was my controversial pocket pick. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you're up. Uh, so, of course, it's a band that I've talked about forever. Uh, I know what you're going to say. Slowpoke. Slow yep. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Fucking Slowpoke, man. It's, I, and I, I'm, I'm terrible because I don't remember dude's name. But he got canceled recently anyway, so I guess that's probably for the best. Why did he get canceled? But, Ollie. His name is Ollie. 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 I, I he was most know. recently in Killer of Sheep. So yes, I was gonna get there, but yes. Uh I I don't know, some sketchy shit with girls or something. I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah. Uh but Slowpoke, like early mid nineties, Pittsburgh, heavy but with a groove. Uh I thought, you know, Ollie's vocals I thought were at his best at that time. Uh, you know, there's just a, a flare of Krishna conscious in there, but really more just like, you know, introspective lyrics. And like one of the things that I always really liked about him, besides like screaming Kali Yuga, is uh, there's a thing where he talks about doing like, you know, all the horrible things that I've done, the, the lying, the this, the that or the others. But what about all the horrible things that people have done to me and no one's talking about? And it was like, that's something that really like, even to this day, that that line like gives me goosebumps because it's like yeah what about all the horrible shit that people do that you don't talk about you, you know what i'm saying like slowpoke like i don't i think there may be like the song the tracks on youtube definitely check it out people need to do slowpoke covers or at least get that vibe that they had going because it was like it was slow ish but the drummer was so phenomenal and he just like in his own way sped up these kind of slow riffs and it was so like well he was he was doing a lot he was doing a lot of shuffles off his snare like he wasn't just banging on his china he was like doing shuffles off his snare as part of the fills instead of your typical like slow roll off of stuff yeah they were great they were great fucking slow poke man fucking slow poke some shirts chris (laughs) (laughs) i i uh 
How about I may it? or may not have printed four shirts and a crew neck. Uh-huh. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> All right. Super low key. I, I, pin, I printed, uh, yeah, Kula, Bumshi, Oyo, me, and then a crew neck. I figured, I figured, I was like, yep, they got it. <laughs> yeah, that's who got it. All right, I'm up. I'm going to pick End It because I think End It is, like, awesome. And this dude, so I've never seen them, but this dude, like, when they start playing, he starts singing, like, old, like, songs and shit, which is freaking hilarious. He's, like, hilarious between songs, and he just, like, he, his voice is powerful. Like, he's just good. They play good, fast, hardcore, and I did and that dude is just awesome. I wanted to like hang out with that dude and <laughs> chop shit up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to, I just want to talk to that dude, but, and it's awesome. Like I, you know, I don't know what else to say. I don't know a whole lot about them. I think they're from Baltimore. Book them. Book them. Yeah, man. Bring them to Buffalo. I don't book shows, man. Yeah, definitely. Well, we should get ended here. Cause they are like, one of the best new bands that I've heard in the last like five or six years. So I, good. I just so good keeping that Baltimore thing alive. And like that lat like the uh one way track seven, which is like it's like like three minutes long or four minutes long. So it's like you can listen to that like four times in a row and shit, and it just gets better every freaking time. And keep like your head on it, a swivel, no face, no crime. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Love end that it, shit. End it is awesome. Um yeah, end it. That's my pick. That's that's my second pick. That's that's my new pick. That was it was definitely on my list. Yeah, because they're great. They were on my, and you my also, best of a couple years ago. Yeah, <laughs> you got me into them. Like I, I was kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah, that's so just you're to, you're to blame. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, you're up. Your third pick. Um, <clears throat> I could have went with something real super dusty, but I decided to go with something new. But I'm gonna stick with Ohio and go with minority threat. Uh, from Columbus, that band is fu- and Chris can attest this, and Mark as well. You guys don't know how my tastes run, but that's like a fastball straight down the middle kind of hardcore that I love. Like that stuff is, and they're just they're a great band. I, I've gotten to catch them a couple times, and I, I like them a lot, you know. And I, honestly, man, I love that name so much. That's like. <laughs> Yeah, they're just like, oh, so you're gonna take our music from us? Well, guess what? We're taking your fucking name, dude. <laughs> I'm like, Fair okay, enough. you can have not my name, but I'm like, yes, please, dude. This is awesome, you know. Yeah. So, I'll have to check them out because I have never heard them. So I will check them out. What do they have out? Uh, they've got a couple of stuff. There's some stuff on Bandcamp. That's where I heard it from. I don't have any of the vinyl actually, mm-hmm. but I first got to them from Bandcamp. Um. My buddy uh, Matt Miner turned me on to him. He's from down there, and he said, "You guys, you need to check these guys out." And I'm like, "Okay," because he knew that was totally my lane, as the kids say these days. So, yeah, <laughs> stay in your <laughs> lane, <tracks>. Larry. <laughs> yeah. Speaking right. speaking of uh, r- real quick as an aside, I think it's yeah. kind of funny we're talking about this, and I just mentioned young people like my son's 19, right? And uh, he doesn't really like hardcore, <laughs> but he loves Bad Brains and Turnstile. That makes sense. But like, both of I mean, bands. No, well, no, I mean, like, <laughs> like, I just, I just am like astounded that the appeal both those bands have for yeah. a kid who doesn't normally like, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe you'll like Infest. He's like, nope. <laughs> okay, all right, you know. So <laughs> that's a big leap. Like, 
Oh, not, turn silent average. oh, here, listen to this. So you'll totally be into this. Too. This is a tough listen, man. That's a really tough yeah. listen. A tough listen for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny that you mentioned that because y'all were about to go down. I was like, yo, how has no one said this? And I was like, yo, I'm going with turnstile, man. All right. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was that you you I was going with that. I was like, the fuck? I was like, <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna go with turnstile, man. I I remember kids were talking about that shit. I kept seeing the shirts everywhere. I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? I go to this is hardcore. Oh, what year was that? The first time they whatever the first time they played, and like it was clearly evident who everyone was there for. I it was like, you know, like you know, we go to this is hardcore, like there's certain bands people set hang out outside for, and there's certain bands you're like, oh fuck this, we're gonna do something else. Dude, I, I'm just chilling on the side. Next thing you know, people are just going ape shit. I'm like, who the fuck? And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, dude, turnstiles. Like, there's, there's a black person in that van. Fucking Freaky <laughs> Franz. Yeah. Yo, yo, that, I saw Freaky Franz fill in. He filled in for TUI one time. Oh, yeah. yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. That band is, I mean, they get a lot of hate. They get a lot of love. They get a lot of whatever. Because they're, I, I always feel that if a lot of people fucking hate you, but then a lot of people fucking like you. Like you're doing something right somewhere. I, I mean, that's know, the same like, theory that uh that's the same theory that Madball had about Trump. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's, talk, you know, let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about that. Yeah, no, I, I heard I heard some little lingerings of that, but hey, that's okay. Yeah. And, and you know what, man? Shit. Fuck. Am I going there? Look, yo. I understand why people like Trump, like real, to be real, like to just say some crazy shit and just have a personality and have a flair with it and know your target target audience and just be able to speak to them like that and get people riled up. I'm like, I, 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 I definitely see how that dude looks way cooler than Biden, like on a paper list of like, yeah, this dude gets on TV and says some cool shit. And then this dude's here like all mumbling and shit and falling asleep. Be like, fuck yeah, I'm going for Trump. No, I, I get it. But nah, Trump. I understand right. it, but I don't agree with it. I understand. But I definitely, under- it's right. definitely understandable. Biden's back <laughs> right too. But so, Franz is an Ohio guy too. He was, he's yeah, yeah, Columbus. I was going to say, yeah. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, but Turnstile, man, whether you like him or not, they're doing something good. I only like the last Turnstile record. I don't like any other Turnstile records. I like the newest one. That you said the last. That, the makes, last that makes sense. Yeah, I only like the newest one. That makes sense. Yeah, I only it's, I only like the last two. Yeah, but it's it's, it's, their, it's their best stuff. Yeah, it's it's just good. It's infectious. I would say, <laughs> but definitely Turnstile. Yeah, and as I've always said, Turnstile Live is like probably top five band in the world. I have this first time I'm saying that, but like Turnstile Live, it's always like they're always phenomenal. And, uh, you know, if you ever get the opportunity, people who are listening to check out Turnstile Live, you absolutely should. Mm-hmm. One cool thing they did, though, like I uh, I saw them in in Toronto at Not Dead Yet Fest. And they were obviously like supposed to be the headliner at the show that they played. But Gloss was playing, too. And they let Gloss headline, which I thought was really cool that they did that. Yeah. Because Gloss was breaking up and they let them headline the show, which I thought was really awesome. So points for those dudes. 
I'm sure, I'm sure it was a black guy's idea. I'm sure he was like, let's do that. Everything good. Everything good. It's we been established that all the best ideas are yours. Can we, can, we, can, we, can, we take a moment, can we take a moment to appreciate the fact that Franz used to hang the polo flag over his base cap? Yes. He doesn't do that <laughs> anymore? He doesn't I don't do know if he still does. I haven't seen them in a while, but like, the fact that he always came through with like the ill polo drip, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> that's so dope!" God that's damn. Another thing about black people: black people always be fucking dressing. I will say about that dude: that dude be shining every yeah. time he gets on stage. This motherfucker be shining, and I keep trying to tell people, "Yo, that's a part of the show." You be coming on stage looking like fucking scrub ass shit, like just like, just like four dudes. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> get on, get on, get on there and fucking shine, man. Look cool. Man. I enjoyed his backwards Cunningham jersey from This Is Hardcore a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. That was a look. That was a look. <laughs> All right, Kari, you're up. No, Keith is up. Uh, Keith is up. Keith is up. Sorry, Keith is up. Let's see. Uh, who is? No, oh. Car- Keith is up. Car- Keith is up. Oh, Car- oh. Car- oh sorry. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Oh, damn, y'all just took all my picks. Um, I was gonna pick, I was gonna pick Templars, but uh, let me think. Let me think. So I was trying to think of like another band, a spotlight that I feel like not a lot of people know about. They they didn't do a lot, but I thought they were really cool at the time, and the singer was a good friend of mine. So all the way from like Halifax, Nova Scotia, where like nobody really cares about you know bands from there, um, but they have some good bands from there. Um, my friend Chris Murdoch, aka C Murda, um, fronted. He was in this band called Envision um, towards the end, which was like a like a late nineties like you, not not to be confused with the with the Florida Envision. There was a Canadian uh, Envision too, and my first band we actually did a, our first tour in two thousand nine down to Florida and back with them. And that's when I met C, uh, Chris, who was in the band. And, you know, he was also, you know, like a, a tall black dude that's super into like, you know, youth crew, early rev, you know, youth crew stuff. So we, we bonded like, like immediately, like hardcore. And a few years later, he fronted a band called Word on the Street, which I, I ride for to this day. I think they were fucking phenomenal. Um, kind of like a straight ahead worship, but like done tastefully perfectly like there's been you know there's been straight ahead ripoff bands which i'm all aboard for because that's like one of my favorite bands ever but uh they they did it so well he sounded so cool and they were he was it was his his vision of a band they were called word on the street and he's like yeah we're not we're once we cover every straight ahead song at a show like you know each show we're going to cover straight ahead song once we finish doing their discography we're going to like break up and they did like they they played shows and they cover straight ahead songs, including nothing song, which was like, I got to see them do that, which was like so sick. Cause I'm like a fucking New York hardcore nerd boy galore. But, uh, uh, they were, they were, they were a sick band. They're called word on the street. If you could look them up, I don't know if they're on, they're probably not streaming, but you could probably find them on like Bandcamp. Um, yeah. Word on the street. The streets is watching. That was the, the name of the, um, the record. <laughs> Nice. Anybody had anybody ever listened to him? Uh, no, but I'm definitely gonna look for it. Definitely yeah, check, it, check it out. Like I've taken I notes. Type, 
I'm I wish typing I... in my notes the names that I don't know because yeah, I wish I was in them all later on. They're they're very short lived because they they play like Canada and then like the Northeast, like they played Mass or like and the Rhode Island. Straight ahead discography, there's really not much there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, dude, I I want to be in that band, but are we here up? Uh, I'm gonna say Kanashi from Philly. I have yes. I have such I have such a deep well of love and admiration for that, that band. Like I got nothing bad to say about Kaonashi. Kaonashi is the shit and I love them so much. That's all you got? Yeah, I... I mean <laughs> like if, like so the thing I love the thing I love about Kaonashi, I love the level of vulnerability that they bring to the scene, you know, it's like, and I, and I, and I love how, how Peter like is so just open and warm with literally everyone. And this man has just a deep reservoir of like obscure MySpace band knowledge that like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this kid, he rides for that shit. And like, you know, and he and at the same time, he's like unapologetic about everything. And like, you know, he's just a, he's just a good, good front man. And to see the the level of just like searching for like hope and positivity, the fact that they came up with a whole, you know, continuous narrative throughout all their projects like there's so many layers to the shit like Mm -hmm. they're cool kids they're a good band normally i'm not into like more scene metalcore influenced music but like i fuck with kanashi because like it's a good band man like i can't i can't think of anything bad to say like well there's nothing like everyone who plays in the band is dope you know, like they're all and they're all genuinely good, nice people. Like, nah, it's a great, great band. Ten out of ten. Yeah, I, uh, when I was on Larry's podcast the first time, I definitely had the one record down as a record people should check out. Uh, not the newest one, but the. Why'd you do uh, it? The, uh, yeah, and like they were just like every song on that spoke to me, and like. It, it took me right back to a place and a time where I could relate to every single thing that was being said. And the one that always stands out in my mind is where he's talking about work, being at work, making a sandwich for somebody and thinking about the conversation from the night before and how it's fucking them up. And it took me right back to when I worked at Avenue Pizza. I was like, like, fuck, man, I, I fucking get this. And like, and some people are surprised that like I, I that I fuck with a band like that. I guess people think that's out of my wheelhouse. Yeah. But really, they're just the next generation of All Else Fail. Like, mm. they they have a very similar vibe and tone to All Else Failed. It's just a modern version of that. And, like, and really... I fucking love All Else Failed. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you got to, you got to, and the, the thing that I love witnessing the most is, like, when Peter flipped his vocal style, because, like, I got introduced to them, like, maybe like oh man 2017 
2017 is when I got introduced to them. And they, they, the vocal style that Peter was doing was a lot different. You know, this was back when like the Never Home EP came out and X Prayers had come out before that. And then right after Never Home, Peter decided to start like shrieking a bit more and doing it a lot more higher pitched. And like it fit the the lyrical content and the the overall vibe of the music a lot better because like I feel like throughout the whole Kaonashi like sonic universe for all intents and purposes, right? It's like it's the 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 life of like a perpetual a, a kid in high school, you know? Like that's the the character who's like navigating through the shit and so like yeah, yeah. your voice is going to be a little shaky and a little higher than normal you know what I mean and there's just so much like pain and vulnerability in that as opposed to like you know some dude who's like 100 pounds soaking wet trying to sound like a Rottweiler you know what I mean mm-hmm. <laughs> it's real like it, it's fucking yeah. real it's a lot realer than most bands going right now yeah, you know, 100%. and like, and like, real always trumps style. Really, I remember you know, the like videos, just... the videos of them playing at Cluck You Chicken. You know what I'm saying? Like that was dope. You know, when they when they come yeah. to Buffalo and, and they're playing at costume, their fans, yeah. like their fans, ride for them so fucking hard. Like I've literally seen their front row fucking crying and screaming, wanting to tear themselves apart to these lyrics. You know, like you don't see that all the time. Like, even bands that think that they have these powerful emotional lyrics, you don't see that. Like, you don't see that level of connection. And, like, it's just, it's fucking amazing. Like, that band, like, I can't say enough about that band. When 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 they did This Is Hardcore, and Fear's like, this is hardcore, huh? That was like, crazy. I had never heard of them. And when everybody came out with the blue sweatshirts, dog, dude, yeah. I was like, I was like, yo, who the fuck is this band? I mean, musically... It, it wasn't hitting me, but but I respected it. But see, now that you've said what you said, Chris, now I'm going to have to revisit it. <laughs> yeah. Because I, it, it, it I fuck, like, I fuck like, with all of them spelled, and oh, yeah, I yeah. fuck with them incredibly. So now I'm trying to bridge that. I was like, maybe I need to go back and listen to them with... You need, like, you definitely need, mindset. like, headphones on, hearing the lyrics, hearing how he's projecting those lyrics how he's delivering those lyrics those manic moments those down moments like the whole package much like all else failed you know like it's just it's just a modern iteration of all else failed okay yeah i'll, I'll, I'll revisit it i just remember the set was crazy kids like like, yeah. like kids were kids were losing their shit that that year i was like you know that was the year of like a lot of like New stuff was popping up. That was also the vein set, right? Where I was like, "What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, 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 shit! That's a black motherfucker." Yo, what up? Shout out! Yo, shout out Valorant. to Bane! Shout out! I to saw Bane. Bane in a basement. Yeah, I saw Bane shout out to John. Yo, shout out to John. Shout out to John. Yo, <laughs> John. Yo, let me. Speaking of moshers, yo, John moshes fucking hard. Respect to that dude. Woo! He, don't don't get caught. Don't get caught slipping. <laughs> Just saying. Chris, you're up. So I'm digging deep, deep and fucking local. 
deep and local, and it's it's not Black X. I'm sorry, Mark. Black X should be on the list, but it's not. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the mid-90s, there was a band that um, kind of crossed over hardcore and metal, but not like metalcore today, more like SOD and that type of stuff. And they were called Blacklist. Two demos, one with a really corny name and one with a not as corny name, but still kind of weird. Uh, the first demo was Hard Sandwich, and the second demo was Warface. Hard Sandwich? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's such a bad name. Straight SOD worship, but uh, Sherman Maxwell, the singer, had like a vocal range that nobody in Buffalo at the time had. Uh, no idea what happened to Sherman. If anybody who's listening to this knows what happened to Sherman, we'd love to have him on the podcast. Uh, but Blacklist is like a forgotten gem. They didn't, they, I don't think they lasted real long. Like I met Sherman in 93 when I moved back from Buffalo. And I think Blacklist was done by like 94. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, your buddy Valiant may have the demos because I know he was friends with Sherman. Maybe I'll bug him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like Blacklist, like definitely like nobody talks about them anymore. Definitely a gem, a <laughs> Buffalo gem that needs to resurface. Yeah. And, uh, and while I'm on that tip of Buffalo, uh, for those who are into death metal and that whole thing, Lamont Bell, grotesque infection and organism. Dude, I love Lamont, man. Fuck. We would love to have him on the podcast, too, if you actually talk to him. Do it. Oh, we missing a whole bunch of stuff. Ooh. Okay. Wait a second. Hold I, on. I, I, I just, I something just came to my head, and I was like, oh. Well, I got to go. I got to make my last pick. You guys can throw in whatever <laughs> you want to throw in. <laughs> I just thought of something. But go ahead. Go for it. Well, my last pick um, is Damnation AD because Ken Olden is the coolest dude ever in hardcore like he you know like he just he was just cool like i don't know he when like i think he wrote a lot of damnation's lyrics and stuff which is cool too you know he's he's the freaking riff master you know he beginning to beginning to to end of damnation he's awesome and like i don't know ken's just cool i don't know (laughs) that's all i gotta say (laughs) ken is just the man i I want to have but like he also like ken like Worlds Collide, Damnation. Yeah. Uh, uh, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. Better than a thousand. Better than a thousand. Um, the other band that you did with Mike that I'm totally drawing a blank. Uh, Where Tigers Fight. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's others in there. Like, uh, uh, Battery. Yeah. Yeah, Ken Olden is just incredible and super talented and just a cool motherfucker, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like without him, DC wouldn't have had any bands from 91 to 96. Yeah, I mean, he was the man. So, yeah. Didn't he no, do I mean, some recording, no, I mean, too? He was a recording guy, right? He did recording and stuff. Yeah, Fort Knox. And then, uh, Esau Fort, had uh, Fort Knox. Monster Island, I think it was. Yeah, Fort Knox. Fort Knox. <laughs> <laughs> I got that CD somewhere. But Fort freaking Knox. But, yeah. Damnation. So, yeah, that's, that's my pick. I, I mean... He, Ken Olden is awesome. That's all I gotta say. So, give me some of your other stuff that we didn't we didn't talk about. Suffocation. 
Yes. Mm. Fucking dismay. Oh yeah. Oh, you you talk about metal, and I gotta bring this up because the dude who turned me on this band took me when I first hardcore show, and that first hardcore show was Crow Mags and GBH back in '87. And Rick, size fourteen, he wrote Crunch Face, wrote Crunch Face with me, and we call him Size Fourteen because he was six foot eight and his feet were that big. But uh, <laughs> he introduced me a band from Chicago. They're tangentially related to hardcore, but they're not. They're metal band. They're called E-Trope. and E-trope. they're. T- they're tangentially related to hardcore because they produced the life sentence records and they identified as hardcore street metal. Their bass player, uh, Calvin Humphreys was a black dude, but he was super important at band because he did a lot of the writing and he also had to hold down the rhythm section really hard because their drummer was their singer at the same time. They have two records, Mm -hmm. amnesty and life of crime. And it's total speed metal, which is kind of like, uh, you know what a lot of kids are doing these days are like trying to do crossover things but both those records are really really good and uh pre-hardcore stuff you got to go with the germs pat smear i mean before it was hardcore you had the germs making that nasty ugly sound and he's gone out of huge things now but uh that's a band i think you know pat smear count yeah you gotta add circle one if we're going out like that <laughs> Or why die? Or yeah, urban waste. I mean, there's a there's a mm-hmm. billion bands, you know. Yeah. But Etrope is a band I try to turn people onto. I mean, it's top notch speed metal from '86, '87. It's great stuff. What else you guys got? What else you got? What you got? What you got? I just want I want to give a shout out to uh, one of my favorite current bands right now. I don't uh, should have said this last time. I feel like an idiot, but uh, Be All End All from uh, Florida. First time I saw that band, I was like, oh, my God. Um, really fast band. Blast beats, cool mosh parts. Uh, good style. Singer Toby's awesome dude. Um, great band, you know. So check them out. And I think they have a new a record. They, well, they released it last year. I don't even know. Uh, yeah. Like, last year, two years ago. In the last couple of months, they have a record that came out. Yeah. So shout out to Be All and All. Nice. Anything else? Anybody got anything else? Bugging and soul. Come on, man. I was just about to say it. I was what? just about to say bugging. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say bugging, too. Can't forget bugging, bugging. Of course, man. And Soul Glow. Come on. Yeah, Soul Glow is the truth. Uh, Adrian. Uh, oh, yeah. Shout out to Adrian. Adrian's sick. Uh, who else? Simulacra. Simulacra's sick. Uh... A lot of bands, people of color. Dare, they got, they got, they got a black dude in Dare. They got a black dude in. Uh, uh, isn't the drummer? Isn't the singer of Zulu and the drummer of Dare, or was he the drummer of Dare? Oh, so. blood has been shed. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I, yes. I dropped. Oh, God forbid. God yes, forbid. Yeah, blood uh, has been yeah, shed. Yeah. yeah. We forgot yeah. about Kill Switch Engage and blood has been shed. <laughs> yeah. Candiria, that was Candiria, which is from my. Oh, how did I forget Candiria? Yo, oh, so, and I were just uh, talking about them the other day. Candiria played in Buffalo like many years ago, and I was at the show, and some dude came up to me after the after they played, and was like, "Dude, great show." <laughs> dude, nobody entombed. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, entombed. Alex Hellid, so, their guitar so, player. 
Mark, in, in line with that story, not to <laughs> yeah. dismiss Entombed, but in line with that story, when 108 played Buffalo, yeah. my friend Kula did a song with them, and mm-hmm. somebody in the crowd thought it was Franklin Ree. Really? Because cool is Asian, Franklin yeah. is Asian. So like people were like, oh, Franklin Franklin did a uh, song with them because Rob left the stage because he had a headache or something. So he didn't do the, the last two songs. So the next day, Rob is like, oh, I hear Franklin was here and sang a song, not knowing. And he knows Kula. <laughs> like, uh, like Kula was bummed for like weeks about that. Oh, I mean, all sorts of stories like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does, because he apparently has always been confused for crying Franklin Lurie. Oh, really? And he, oh, the grad, and he you, was Larry. just like, like yeah, And he was his, an underdog on shine. The Vanishing Point. Yes, he was. <laughs> and uh, yep. Voice Box with uh, Dano. Dude, that's Voice Box 7 inches so good. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got anything we got else? Suicidal Tendencies. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, we talked about Rocky George. That's the obvious one. Wait, Dead Kennedys. Dead Kennedys, yep. bro. Yeah. Oh yeah, Dead Kennedys. What the yeah, fuck? Absolutely. How did we forget that? Yeah. Pure Hell. Scream. 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 Yeah. Death. Oh. Fucking death. That can yeah. count. Yeah. Yeah. That counts. That counts. Uh, that's a really, that's a that's a really talk. sad documentary, man. That I no, love yeah, that movie, but it's talk. depressing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wide eye, yep. Punishment. Did anybody say burn? <laughs> no. Oh yeah, burn. Yeah, burn. we actually kind of had the, the absolution talk. We, we, yeah. yeah, we we didn't say burn, but it was like yeah. Yeah, yeah everybody like, gotta say so burn. I don't the, know. The uh, black, I don't know if still... black metal skinheads blasphemy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah black I don't know if they're still together or not, but there's a local band here, Lion Cage. Lion Cage. Uh, but I don't I don't know if they survived the pandemic. From New oh, York yeah. City? Wait. Yeah. yeah I think oh. I saw them here. I think they're from here. This terror. I don't feel like digging out the record. This terror count. <laughs> final, de- final declaration. There you go. <laughs> yeah, final declaration. Diving deep. <laughs> the singer, the singer is a punk though. I'm gonna beat him up. Does uh, <laughs> the Sergio Vega count? Is he he's black? <laughs> he's of color. He's Ooh. of color, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Mafia. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, Sorry, Sergio. Uh, Sorry, 18, if we're going that route, 1865. Yeah. Yeah, them too. Them too. Rebel Matic and uh yeah, Rebel Matic. Yeah, what about what about the white man dingoes? <laughs> you know that band? No, shout out to oh. MERS. Yes. <laughs> shout out to MERS. Uh if anyone wants to see something funny, uh, that what's the freaking video they did? White man dingoes. Um, shit, let me look it up, but keep talking or something. Uh, <laughs> I miss, I miss a black drummer now that's really good. Who? Glass Jaw. Oh, sick. They got, they got a black drummer who's fucking sick. Uh, oh, my first my first white girl video. Freaking hilarious. Watch that video. The white right, man dingo is right. my first white girl video. Shout oh, out the to 45 Seeker. adapters. The 45 adapters. Shout out to Seeker. <laughs> uh, dusters. Dusters. Yeah. Dusters. But that band Cerebral now we're, just, now we're going way out. Yeah. That band Cerebral Ballsy. Talking, talking about Seeker, man. Holy shit. Dude, I like, dude you, you already man. know. Dude, you already know. I, we bonded dude, we immediately when I met you about Seeker. So. Dude, we should do the tour, but yo, much love and respect. Creeping we almost, we almost Creeping did the tour dead. together. I tried. I was trying oh, so hard. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
Yep. Anyway. Someday. Great. All right. Um, anything, anything all else? Them, right? You got anything else? <laughs> I was fucked up. Now, they want to say Jesus Peace? No outlet. Uh, yeah, I did. I did. I did. Okay. Right. I Jesus Peace got thrown in there. Action yeah. News. New oh, yeah. up and coming Philly bands. I filled in for Action News once. <laughs> it was nice. Nice. So many bands. Juggernaut from Buffalo. Juggernaut, yeah. We should make like a playlist on like Spotify or something and share it. Maybe I'll get yeah, to work man. on that. That'd be, that'd be kind of cool. Make that magic happen. Anyway, I think we'll wrap it up now. This has been a fun conversation. For sure. Yeah, thanks I, everybody. I appreciate you all guys all coming on and we would we probably have you guys back on for some other kind of episode, one of our other draft episodes because you guys were awesome, so. We're always nice talking. to meet you guys. We're always talking. Likewise, forward, likewise. So. Yeah, it's yeah. cool to see people people repping hardcore. Capula!
for Rodney King. For my dead homies. For your freedom. Don't be a pussy. Have some motherfucking courage. Sing along. Tonight we get even!